Um, by the way, I have 8.30 on the iPhone. So, okay. Yeah. Okay, Tov. Shabbat shalom, everyone. Shabbat shalom. So fabulous to be with everybody. Let us thank God for the gift of learning Torah together. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kiddushanu Mitzvotah V'tivanu L'asok B'divrei Torah Fa'arevna Adonai Eloheinu Edivrei Taratcha V'fino V'fiyamcha B'it Yisrael V'niyanachnu B'tzitzareinu V'tzitzarei Amcha B'it Yisrael Kulanu Yodei Shemecha V'lamdei Toratecha L'ishma'a Baruch atah Adonai Lamed Torah L'amo Yisrael Baruch Ata Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam Asher Bacharabanu Mikol Amin Benatanu Et Torato Baruch Ata Adonai Noten HaTorah So our very rich topic this morning is how do we understand the mitzvah that is done with a mixed motive? And of course the most recent example of where this comes up is the new rule that the governor announced, which is if you find a 75-year-old that you can take to get their vaccine, you can get your vaccine too, even if you're younger than 75. Um, and Michelle, let me just start with you. Uh, what happened when that was announced? How did our community uh, intersect with this new development? So we have to go a little bit farther back than that because of course when it was announced that 75 year olds could get their vaccines we had a few people who reached out to us and said if anybody's having trouble scheduling I'm, I'm happy to schedule and you made a plea to the right. congregation to please come forward and a trickle of individuals who were willing to um, step forward to help people schedule their appointments with nothing in it for them. Um, and then, of course, the governor announced about the um, ability to take a 75-year-old and you would get a vaccine too. And suddenly our phone lines and our emails <laughs> were ringing off the hook. We, we literally had to uh, tell people, I'm sorry, we, we don't have 75-year-olds <laughs> who have asked for this. There were so many, many, many people who wow. wanted to do this mitzvah. Right. So our question is, you know, it, it, it's a mitzvah to take a 75-year-old to get a vaccine, but if the reason you're doing it is so that you can get your own vaccine, is it still a mitzvah? Is it a little bit less of a mitzvah? Is it not a mitzvah at all? So I want to, let's put this question on the back burner. We'll come back to it. It's our orienting question. Uh, this is a familiar conundrum um, in synagogue life, in institutional life, in life itself. And I want to I give a hypothetical that raises the same issue in a different way, okay? I've been thinking about this. Imagine, this is a hypothetical, that I was a very talented uh, stock picker, that I just was really good at picking stocks, and as a result of which I had made many, many, many millions of dollars, and I was a big philanthropist. And, I, uh, and then, uh, that's not the case, but what is the case is, Let's say I just love, love, love Elias Rosenberg's davening. That is the case. And let's say I can't sing. That is the case. Let's say I approach the synagogue's leadership, and I say, I would love to endow the senior cantor position at Temple Emmanuel. And what I'd like to do is give the temple $10 million to endow Elias's uh, position. 
But the stipulation is, and you can do with it whatever you want, whatever the no strings attached, the lay leadership, the leadership of the synagogue, figure it out. The only thing that is involved is I want his position to always be known as the Wesley Gardenswartz senior cantor position. And so whenever, you know, on his letterhead, it's uh, Elias Rosenberg, the Wesley Gardenswartz senior cantor. Uh, when we get back to doing Project Manna, Project Manna is going to be done by Elias Rosenberg, the Wesley Gardenswartz senior cantor, et cetera, et cetera. So two questions. Uh, first of all, does the synagogue take the money? Okay, which by the way, hint, is the easiest question in the history of synagogues. Right, we should be so lucky. And then the second question is, um, how do you see my act? Is it less of a mitzvah because I want my name attached to this gift? Elias, what's your thoughts? Well, you know, uh, let me begin a little bit with a you know, different thought. Uh, so I always say that when I grow up, I want to be like Rabbi Garden Schwartz. That's my, <laughs> that's my hope. One day I grow up and I'll be like Rabbi West. And you know, this morning, I wake up in the morning and I said, you know, I have a new haircut. I'm going to change a little bit. I'm going to put on socks that will <laughs> knock everybody out. And then Rabbi West comes on board with those socks. <laughs> he's my idol. And then he says that he's offering $10 million to secure my position. Aleinu <laughs> <laughs> So, how would you feel about, how do you feel about the name attached to it, and does it make it less of a mitzvah? Well, uh, now seriously talking, that's a, it's, it's an interesting question. It's a little tricky. Uh, on one hand, I will feel like, wow, it's amazing that somebody appreciates me and what I do so much that is willing to give a donation so high. Second, I would feel like it's great because, you know, I don't have to worry about, about my position. But to be honest, you know, to you, third, I would come and every day I would see in my office your name. Eh, I'm not so engaged with that now. You know? <laughs> by, by the way, I hope one day you have that problem. Uh, I mean, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of positions, like David Wolpe is a great rabbi. He's like the whatever, the whatever rabbi at Temple Sinai because somebody did that for him and his name is always attached to that. Um, and, and by the way, many people do that, of course, not in their own names, but in name of somebody else who they love, right. which is seen in our Jewish landscape, certainly in our modern Jewish landscape, as a tremendous mitzvah. Right, and mm -hmm. certainly universities, often, you know, tenured professorships are, are a chair. That's a big cover if, if that happens. So, um, Dan, does that make you think less of me? I give $10 million, but I want my name. Do you think less of me or not? So there's a couple of things. I just want to first uh, just backtrack a tiny bit to what Michelle started off with. Uh, you know, the fact that um, that our congregation uh, at initially did not respond the way that the Jewish people responded in this week's Parsha, Truma, when right. God said, you know, uh, and that people just stepped forward and gave and gave and gave to it till we had to say, stop. You've given enough, so that was kind of interesting. That, that that had to be some kind of caveat to that, you know, some kind of addition. So that was a little interesting to think about this week's parsha. Right. Um, the other thing is that you're saying, I mean, this what you're suggesting is is not n new news. I mean, think you think about so many uh, hospitals and you know and, and other places where you know the 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 constructions, the buildings are named after the person who gave all of the, the money, you know. Um, 
I don't. I've done. Them, right. Yeah. yeah. So and that's I, the way and the I, world works. Right. Exactly. And and I I, I, I don't uh, I don't think that that's any less. I think I think that that you really don't think any less of a person if they want their name their right. name attached to that. You know, because I think for instance, if you're if you're donating a wing of a hospital to, you know, that that pe that yes, I mean, yeah, yeah, it may be saying, oh look look how fabulous I am. On the other hand, you're you're also doing a mitzvah. You know, right. when, when you're donating a, a room in a you know in a synagogue, when you're donating uh, donating you know, all that kind of thing, you're saying, um, you know, yes, I'm doing this as a mitzvah. Now, can a, should a person maybe not want to have the name to attach to that because uh, you know it's, the glory is really not about that person, but the glory right. is really about about the actual you know structure or, or right. position that, that they're endowing. Um, yeah, I think that's a higher move, but I also don't think that I would not think any less of the person who says, you know, I'd like this be, to be called, you know, un, uh, you know, after my name. Okay. So I, wait, can I just say I love this, except for that this scenario that you brought is really right. value neutral. There's no harm caused by your giving ten million dollars to endow Elias's office. It's only upside. Right. There's really only upside here. Um, I think some of the challenge about find a 75-year-old, which was originally intended for those who are caring for a 75-year-old and therefore part of that 75-year-old safety net. Right. Um, like if the person who's caring for you gets sick, then you're in a lot of trouble. But it wasn't intended it to was create a Craigslist Correct. It's not frenzy. necessarily intended. I'll pay you $1,000 to take you to go thing. get a shot. And the issue here is that it's not a zero-sum right. game. So let's take a look at at plugging this issue into our sources uh, because the Talmud has has a lot to say here and I think it actually brings all this together um, so here's the scenario um, that, that uh, I, there's a few sources in the Talmud that speak I think directly to this issue the the context for our first couple of sources is uh, the fact that there are two mitzvot in the Torah that say that if you do this mitzvah you will be guaranteed a long life one, of course, is famous, uh, if you honor your father and your mother, so that your days will be lengthened. So if you honor your father and your mother, that gives you long days. And the other is an arcane one from Deuteronomy, late Deuteronomy, which is called Shiluah uh, If you see a, a bird on a nest with uh, sitting on eggs and you want the eggs, you have to shoo away the mother bird. Shilu hakein, send away the mother bird. And if you do it for whatever mysterious reason, the Torah says you'll be guaranteed long life. And so this story begins, and it's actually it's a famous story because uh, the story postulates that a father says to a son, "Hey, would you climb up and shoo away the mother bird and get me the egg?" And the son obeys the father so that he should get long life, and then he shoos away the mother bird so that he should get long life, and he then falls off the ladder and dies, okay? And uh, this is a famous story because one of the, the person who sees this is Alicia Ben Abuya, who's a rabbi who becomes a famous a skeptic slash heretic and says, uh, in a different source than the one we have, late dean, late dayan, there is no judge, there is no justice, uh, if this could happen. The Talmud tries to wrestle with this, and that's this is our context, and at first it says, well, maybe it never happened, fake news, it didn't happen, answer not what happened. Then, take a look over here. Now I'm on page one. Um, but maybe at the time, the son was thinking about committing a sin. So even though the son did the right thing, he obeyed his dad and he shooed away the mother bird, maybe he was thinking some sinful thought. And then the answer is, uh, God does not regard a bad thought 
as a deed. You don't get punished for your bad thoughts. So, in other words, uh, you... Really? Yes. You're, you Thank do, you. Yes. Wow. <laughs> that opens up a new world for me. Yes. Your bad thoughts, so long as you are, you are, you are tempted to do X, which you know is not a good move... If you don't do X, the fact that you think about doing X, that you're tempted to do X, uh, itself is not actionable. It's not a sin. It's, a, it's perhaps dangerous because if you keep what, thinking about X, maybe you'll do it. What about what? the Yetzerara? What about the impulse to, the, to do bad? Right. So you're not. So th that's. And I think that's exactly what this is saying. We are born with. We're, we contain multitudes. The Yetzerara, the Yetzerara. So the fact that our Yetzerara, our inclination, wants us to do something that's bad, um, if we resist um, and it just stays in the realm of thought, that thought is not, uh, is not actionable, that thought is not a sin. Let me just read one more text here, and, uh, which, which fleshes this out. Uh, it continues the conversation on page, the, page two of the handout. Um, and then it says, but the Holy Blessed One does not regard a bad thought as a deed. For it says, if I saw sin in my heart, the Lord did not heed it. So if I'm sinning in my heart, um, then God does not heed it. It's, it's not a sin. Uh, then it goes on to say, about halfway in there, it means that the Holy One, blessed is he, regards a bad thought that produces fruit as an actual deed. But the Holy One does not regard a bad thought that has no fruit as an actual deed. In other words, if the bad thought just stays in your head, you're good. If the bad thought causes you to do um, a, a deed that is bad, that's the problem. And so just to bring, so let me pause here. Um, pure intent uh, is, not, is not problematic. It's when intent leads to deleterious action that it's that it is problematic michelle how would you integrate these texts into our issue it's so complex because i mean here we have our jimmy carter text it's all it's right. not about what i'm thinking right it's sitting in my heart um and i think that's really profound and really powerful i think when we graft on the question of the sudden frenzy to take 75-year-olds to get vaccines, we bring a really complicated gloss in that you're not just thinking, right? If you are, first of all, all of this is created by the fact that there's a shortage. If there were no shortage of vaccine and there were no line and sort of an idea of who should get it first and who needs to be protected first, then fine, you know, everybody goes to get the vaccine as they go to get it. It's actually a good for our world, for everyone to be vaccinated. We need to be getting as many vaccines into as many arms as possible. So in an ideal world, there's no competition. It's not a bad thought to get your vaccine. It's actually a great thought to get your vaccine. That said, when there are other perhaps frailer people before you, then you have the question of, is this not just a, a sort of a bad thought, but a bad deed. In other words, are you taking You're away something from somebody else? And that's complicated but, because honestly, yeah. right, the way that vaccines work, this could be a good thought in a good way. And it could be that anybody who goes to get a vaccine, regardless of their intention, is actually contributing to the greater communal good. Right. So that's, but let me just, I want to understand your thought. Um, and then Elias and Dan, uh, 
whether it's a net good for a 40 year old who doesn't have comorbidities or a 22 year old who doesn't have comorbidities to get a shot right. by taking a 75 year old, um, whether that's a net good or a net bad, uh, given the overall health picture, I leave that to the health experts. That's above my pay grade. Right. Okay. Um, let's posit for a second, though, that it's a net bad. Let's just posit. I don't know if it is or not. But it's I'm not a, a deed, doctor. not a thought. Right, right. Hold on. But, okay, here's my question. So let's say, so I'm 40 years old or I'm 22 years old. I take my 75-year-old grandmother to get her shot or a 75-year-old neighbor to get her shot or I find a 75-year-old that I pay 100 bucks to get a shot so that I can get my shot, okay? Uh, and let's, let's posit that that's a bad because the bad fruit is that some more frail person doesn't get the shot because there's a vaccine. Here's my question. Is it... In terms of where a shul, we're thinking about moral deeds. Have I committed a moral act if I'm a 40-year-old and I do that and it takes the vaccine away from somebody else? Or is this the responsibility of Governor Baker or the government who made this possible? In other words, I'm, I'm, I'm a citizen. I want to do pikuach nefesh. Yeah, I know that somebody else. But the government has said, has incented me, basically. They said, find a 75-year-old and take it. Again. So am I doing an immoral? Is that my bad fruit? Or is that the system's bad fruit, morally speaking? Well, so I would say here's here's the thing. In the end, if you really do find a 75-year-old who actually needs to be taken, then you have done a mitzvah because that person gets to go get their vaccine. The issue is with the abuse of this. Right. But I, as a result, I've not taken a shot because I've been her attendant. I take her there. I get the shot. And somebody else who is more deserving doesn't get it. And the question morally is, is that on Governor Baker or is that on me for taking advantage of the system? Uh, a lot, Dan. First of all, the, the governor does not control our, our own m m m morality, right? So, so whether he says this or not, we have to think about our morality. The other thing I want to go back to, you know, talking about, um, you know, deed versus thought. This is, uh, this is why the Torah says, lo tachmod, right? It says, you know, you know, the difference between jealousy and, and coveting, right? If, you, if you're jealous, that's fine. Well, not fine, but, but people, you can be jealous of, of, so of so many things, so many people, as long as you're not acting on it. But when you covet something, you're, you actually are acting upon that, right? So, so, so the Torah actually is very, uh, the Torah actually is explicit about that, I think. It says, you know, that, that, we, that we don't covet, meaning we don't act about something. It doesn't, it doesn't control how we, how we think. The Torah can't, we, God can't control how we think. God creates us, but we think uh, differently. So that, that's one thing. And, uh, and again, the, uh, the governor, you know, the governor doesn't control our morality. But so whether he says this or not, um, you know, if we think, if we in our own personal life think it's immoral for me to do this and take it away from somebody, um, you know, then, then don't do it. The other thing, but, but again, the, it, it, as Michelle said, it's very layered and very complex. Because um, you know, if you're if you're a caretaker or a grandchild uh, or a child of someone who's 75 and older, uh, by by your becoming vaccinated, you are actually protecting that person, um, you know, and, and and other people as well. So, yeah, and you say you can say, well, you know, if if I don't do the vaccine, that means that some other person who may have been, who may be 95 with several, you know, with several um, medical issues, and that person, you know, becomes ill and God forbid passes away, do you stay up nights thinking it's my fault that that person passed away because I took the I took the injection, or do you uh, do you say you know this is really 
it's really about the, the layering of the fact that I'm seeing my grandmother, my grandfather, on a regular basis, and now that I've been vaccinated, I can feel much safer about that, and I can also also create a, a, a stronger safety net for the rest of the community. Right. Wow. Very late. Yeah. So, Very a couple late. of things I want to say. First of all, I want to clarify what I said before. Uh, I don't want anybody to think that I'm not encouraging you to do a 10 million donation to secure my position. <laughs> all right. So that's one thing. Second, um, <laughs> yes. Second, uh, I believe that. Um, my first reaction to, to what you are bringing up, Wes, is uh, the more people get vaccinated sooner, the sooner we'll get rid of these windows open here behind us. <laughs> so that will be fabulous. Now, that being said, um, it's a tricky question. It's a tricky question. I have my thoughts and I think about it and it's, it's both. Uh, you know, uh, what you guys said is, is yes, we have to take care of our elderies, our seniors, and then, you know, we can wait. We can wait. Healthy people, younger healthy people can wait. Uh, but then we didn't come up with this idea. You know, it was the governor. It was uh, what we believe it's thoughtful leadership right. who, who thought that, you know, maybe everybody can get vaccinated faster by doing a double, you know, in right. instead of just one person. And, and by right. the way, that's working in Israel. When they first started and they said, hey, we have shots hanging around. If you bring right. somebody, you can get one. Help right. to get the population vaccinated faster. Right. Okay. Right. So, so I, I want to I bring in a second text, which this turns out to be very repercussive. Uh, and, and Michelle's brought some additional text where the same idea is, is quoted. This is on page three. This is worth just doing in, in Hebrew because it's just one of the top 10 quoted rabbinic teachings, and it's so, it's so rich. Le'olam ya'asok adam b'torah uv'mitzvot, afilu shelo lishman. Okay, so the person should do Torah, study Torah and do mitzvot, even if it's not uh, for the sake of the Torah or for the sake of the mitzvah. You have an ulterior agenda. You want a plaque, you want honor, you want something else, right? Shemitoch shalo lishman balishman. Because you start not for its own sake, but as a result of doing the deed for the wrong reason, you come to do the deed for the right reason. In other words, is another slant on the same issue that intent is subsidiary to deed. Do the right deed, even for the wrong reason, because eventually if you do the deed for the wrong reason, you will get shaped by the deed that you do, and you'll come to do it for the right reason. Top 10 rabbinic teaching, and, and Michelle's got a bunch of other sources in here where the Talmud comes back to this idea again and again. So here's my question to you guys. First, um, how does this basic principle intersect with your lives? And how does this basic principle intersect with our issue on the vaccine? So I actually think that, that this is not true. I think that, that, you know, that, there, that there are people that will continue to do good deeds but never feel any sense of uh, connection to that, um, that, that they, they're, they're not doing it. They're still going to be doing it because of their... They're, uh, and gr uh, that they feel uh, aggrandized, that, they're, that they are just superior to others. They may have more money, they may have, you know, maybe physically better than other people, that kind of thing. So I think that, I think that many, for many, many people who are in the position of doing these kind of things, 
this is not necessarily true. On the you know, on the other hand, does does it do good for the world? Yes, but I don't think I, I I'm not I don't believe that um, that actions change people. I think that people have to change with the way they think first. Even even though their action, even even if they continue to do actions that are helpful, I don't think that by doing the actions that, that changes people. Not not everyone. There are people for whom that might might work, but I don't think that that's all, all universally true. That, uh, uh, thank you, then, and it comes am to I, mind. Am I wrong? No, I'm no, 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 it comes to mind something that you always used to say all the time. You re I remember vividly many times when you teach kids, you know, especially fourth graders, fifth graders, to put on tefillim, you always give these beautiful explanations, and then you always say that, you know, it, it will grow in you. It will grow in you. It's uncomfortable, it's, you know, it's, it's ugh, you know, and then it will get better, it will get better. Um, I'm still waiting for that for me, you know. <laughs> so I think you're doing pretty well with Tefillin. I, I give you a strong B plus on the Tefillin. Feeling uncomfortable about that? Um, yeah. No, I do it Sephardic way. Anyways, uh, no, uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's fascinating. I'm I'm always thinking about this this phrase that you guys bring qu often, that it says a person against his will. Is against his will. A person against their will is uh, a person convinced against, against their will. will is of the same opinion still. Exactly. Yeah. So how do you match that with this teaching where it says you know you keep doing it even for the wrong reasons and you'll get good? Oh my right. goodness! I love that you said that because <laughs> it's such a good transition. My favorite this text that you brought us is like one of my all-time favorite texts because it, the idea that maybe you're initially convinced to do something really for an ulterior motive, but ultimately it's going to get you to be in a place where you do works of justice and righteousness. And by the way, if you look at social science today, the book Nudge is a really popular kind of a, a, a proposal of exactly this kind of a thing. You get people to the place where you make their choices such so that they're going to do a sort of a, a good thing, whatever it is, whatever it is you want them to do, you're going to put that before them with some personal incentive that they would have. And there's some piece of the governor's thinking, I would I would imagine, that had to do with that. We need people to get 75-year-olds, and therefore we're going to put personal incentive to solve a problem, right? I, and I don't know what he was thinking, but if, if that's what he was thinking, then here we have you know, you know, I need a personal incentive in order to get me there. But ultimately, the deed is going to be done. And perhaps, you know, maybe after I'm vaccinated, I'll say, hey, that felt so good. I'm Now I'm protected. I'm going to go try to find some other people to help in this way. Or I'm going to become a vaccine advocate because I believe that we need to fight the problem of people who are afraid of getting the shot or are, who are skeptical of getting the shot. And, and we bring bring along people who then change their their mind. So that that could really be a thing. And that text is so popular that, as you see on the next page, on page four, it's actually repeated again and again and again and again throughout the Talmud. I mean, I only brought three other examples, but there are many more. It's in Psachim, it's on Arachim, it's in Horayot. It's, it's, it's all over the Talmud, the Mashalolishma, Right, so can I just pause for a second to talk about it, just, and then I'll yeah. hand it right back to you. But the genius behind this is that you control you. 
You can't control your recalcitrant heart, and you can't control your recalcitrant feelings, but you can control your pliable hands. So do what you can control, do the deed, even if your heart is not there, or not there yet, and that will make for a better world and maybe even a better you. And, okay. <laughs> right, on the flip side, because we're Jewish, and so we have this extraordinarily beautiful complexity that Shai Held always puts as the answer to almost everything in Jewish life is yes and yes, right? right. We have both sides. And if you look at Nazir on page four, 23b, which is actually on the very same page as Masha Lolishma Balishma, um, a little bit before the passage that was right. brought on page three, you have Rev Nachman Bar Yitzchak said, greater is a transgression committed for its own sake. If I have an intention about my transgression and I do it for the sake of heaven, then a mitzvah that's performed not for its own sake. Okay. And, and in fact, right, this idea that if my intention completely matters. And if you look at Brachot, which is a little bit below that, it says it is not simply, it is not stated simply all who are fruitful, but rather all who, sorry, all who fulfill, but rather all who fulfill them. Those who perform these actions as they ought to be performed, meaning those who do such deeds for their own sake, for the sake of the deeds themselves, not those who do them for their own sake. Rava continues, one who does them not for their own sake, it would have been preferable for him not to have been created. Well, you don't want Rava on your development committee. <laughs> for the synagogue or for the university or for the hospital or for the museum. Because if Rava's on your committee, all those institutions are screwed. Right. They have no money. There's no wings. There's no symphony. There's no research. There's no tenured positions. You're screwed. So the, so the, 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 the text that says mixed motive is good is attuned to actual human beings, the way they actually live, the way they actually roll, with all of our flaws and all of our complexity. By insisting on some pristine standard, you have to be Mother Teresa, otherwise we're not interested, uh, that's just not very helpful to real people. So uh, I want to go back to your very first proposition and think about, uh, you know, uh, West Garden Swartz as the uh, genius uh, financier who gained all of his money <laughs> yeah, fake news. Um, who, who gained Say more, Dan. Who, who, yeah. <laughs> wait, this is the part you don't want to hear. Okay. Who, who uh, was able to become so wealthy because he, uh, he duped millions, hundreds of thousands of people out of millions and millions of dollars, and now he is the, using that ill-gotten gain to then do mitzvot. So, so, the, so you know, Cantor Elias Rosenberg, um, uh, you know, the Cantor of the Rabbi, uh, Rabbi, I guess, uh, West Garden Swartz Endowment. Uh, that money is actually uh, that money is tainted because it came uh, on the backs right. of. Uh, so, so that's you know, a separate. That's a separate case. No, that's a separate case. That would be that would be like the Jeffrey Epstein senior right, cantor right, position. Right. Obviously, nobody would do that. Right. But this is if the money was not ill-gotten. Okay. If it was gotten, if it wasn't ill-gotten, it was it was fairly gotten, played by the rules of the marketplace fairly. But it's all about my ego and my turf, et cetera, et cetera. That, I think that is. So I want to I come back to um, what we now have, Michelle, as a result of, of these texts that you brought are two different, you know, A and A, a prime. One that says what's most important is what you do, not what you feel. Mm -hmm. 
and and the second that says no 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 what you do is only is only really counts if the feelings are pure and my question to all of you uh, is which move do you find more helpful for you and which move do you find more helpful for actual human beings that you know and then how does that intersect with our vaccine question because we have two different models here See, yeah. I, I think you're not going to do. I think you're not going to do something unless you really have your mindset to do it. Um, so you know, and I. So it, it's that flip side. You know, the Torah says not a seven ishma that that we will do it, and therefore that we will learn uh, to to then understand it and and do it for the for pure reasons. I, I'm not again. I'm not sure that that's that that's actually true. I mean, I think, think so speaking for myself personally. You know, I, I I won't. I'm not ready to do something until I'm actually ready to do something. I won't take the action until I'm ready to do it. Like like our sixth graders putting on their feeling. You know, what's going to happen is at some point they're going to need to come to a minion. God forbid for a, a loss or something. Then they might say, okay, I remember all this stuff. I'm going to start to do it. But I'm going to start to do it because I have a reason to do it. And I and now I understand it. But it's not. But not. I'm not going to do it prior to that. Okay, that kind of. Thing. But Dan, you are minion man. You're Minion Man. It's your okay. new name. You're every morning, every evening Minion Man. You mean to tell me you're just jumping up with excitement to do Minion every morning, every evening? You're going to be jumping up with excitement at 5 o'clock for Mincha today? No, you don't do it because you want to do it. You do it because it's kind of, it's weaved into your warp and right. move. That's what right. you do. And there are so many things we do in our everyday life. We lose, we lose sight of it. You know, I'm, I'm late coming to Temple Emmanuel because I was sleeping. Let's put it that way. And I get to a stop sign, and I'm rushed, you know? And then there is another car. Do I want that car to go first? I don't want that car to go first, but I do it. So I'm doing it against my own will. There are so many things that we lose sight in our everyday life that we do that not necessarily we're 100% convinced of them. Yeah, I think one. I think the text at the bottom of page four actually right. is an attempt to resolve some of this very big ground. There's there's a lot of daylight between Mashalolishma, right. Balishma and between a deed only counts, like if you have intention. And um, the Psachim text down at the bottom of the page says that those who direct their eyes to the fine portion with the intention of taking that portion for himself when dividing an dividing an item with others will never see a sign of blessing for them. In other words, that in if you are doing something for your own sort of selfish reason, right? And you're looking, oh, I see what other people have and I want that and I'm going to take that for myself before it is my time to do that. In a sense, the consequence of that is that you will never see a sign of blessing. You may not feel about yourself that you have been the person who you should be. You'll never feel kind of sort of comforted with that action. Whereas, if you are doing something not for the right intention, but ultimately can come to a place of continuing the mitzvah, you realize, hey, you know, maybe I took this 75-year-old and I'm not part of that um, protective uh, bubble around that person, but I am part of a protective bubble of the world, and therefore I owe the world something, I need to go out and expand that bubble, then that intention, it, it's not just about putting your eyes to somebody else's portion, it's about increasing everybody's portion. Mm. 
Okay, so I want to just bring this to a close by asking you the following uh, question. If Governor Baker had said to you, but we re rewind the, the tape, uh, and they're thinking about doing the vaccine buddy system, but they're not going to do it, okay? And Governor Baker comes to you and says, based on your own moral intuition and based on Judaism, as you interpret the sources, do you think the Commonwealth would be well advised to create this incentive system where the 22-year-old or the 40-year-old takes the 75-year-old? Um, what's your answer? Michelle, what do you advise Governor Baker well, before so that? So for me, I have a dear friend who's taking care of her mother 24 hours a day who has cancer and who is in a horrific um, medical state where if my friend were to have gotten sick at any point in time, her the entire support system around the mother would collapse. And um, so I see the value in in giving the shot to those who are taking care of others. I see the shot if you have a child who is incredibly ill, who has an autoimmune issue, okay. and, and you're a caretaker, it feels to me that that actually is part of the protective bubble around right. that person. So the intentions that the governor had, if, if the intention was to have caretakers, that feels like a worthy intention. Oh, who's going to argue, said, with, who's who's gonna gonna argue, argue with, with that, that one? No, who's no, going to argue I'm, with I'm that? Not, that? I'm not letting you have to right. that either. That said... No, I'm, I'm, let me give you the case. I'm a 23-year-old I'm, you know, graduate student at right. BU with a right. computer and with a, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a cell phone, and I go on Craigslist, and I want to find right. myself a 75-year-old. Right. So that said, right, the, the challenge is, of course, always being specific in what we want and what we need and how we are actually enabling um, the, the line to progress. And in this case, I would say uh, we probably could have dealt with a few more eyes on that particular mm. uh, law to be able to um, clarify that this is for so, mother, this is for the sake of the community. Yeah. Michelle, your first answer, the, the kind of the Mother Teresa answer, who's taking care of somebody, who's the caregiver, they, right? That's an easy case. Right. The, the harder case, and, and what, I, what I think this, what makes this issue so hard and so fascinating and so rich and so applicable is it takes human nature as we are. Human nature as we are, we come with cell phones. Right. We come with Craigslist, and we're looking for an angle. Yeah. Not everybody, but a lot of people are looking right. for an angle. And the question right. is... Find me a 75-year-old. Find me a 75-year-old. And by the way, those are a lot of our members. To right. come back to your orienting frame, you know, before the governor's announcement, we didn't have so much action there. My sermon didn't generate so much action there, <laughs> but the governor's announcement generated a ton of action right. there. And the question is, is it a good move to kind of take people as they are with all their grisly layered complexity and, and work with that? Or do we, do we yeah. ask people to reach, reach higher? Elias in the den. So um, I agree with Michelle <laughs> in terms of what does that mean, Mother, Mother <laughs> Teresa, uh, that the idea that there are so many so many people that are vulnerable in our society that are you know uh, with autoimmune you know things and, and that could really and should be benefited of the vaccines regardless of their age. Okay, now if you present to me raw the idea that anybody healthy 23-year-old could get a vaccine by helping others? My reaction is no. Unless that person is willing to put $10 million to endow my position. <laughs> that will be something to think about it. 
Uh, no, but, <laughs> but speaking seriously, I come from a society that everybody is waiting for the opportunity to take advantage of the other person. And one thing that I love about America, that for many people is hard to see, but for my own experience and based on my own experience, usually doesn't happen here in the way that it happens down there. Mm. So my inclination is to say no. No, it's not, you know, again, uh, 10 million, but, but you know, the, when you have somebody who is completely healthy and, no. Unworthy. I would advise, I would advise the government not to do it. Unworthy. Unless we bring some specifics, you know, about who can get the vaccine who goes together with the senior. Mr. Nesson, or Lord Nesson. Yeah, I'm 100% with, uh, with both Michelle uh, and Elias. Um, yeah, I think that in terms of leadership, to just to, to um, it, again, it was, as Michelle said, it wasn't it wasn't well thought out. You know, anybody that shows up with a with a seventy five year old gets the shot, and um, that that's really I think that's really not good leadership to to mm. do that. I think it needed to be more thoughtfully thought of, and I think that the case where where people that are responsible for other people, that if they're younger, they should be able to do that. So I, I agree with, with both of you guys about that. And, and I, I think that, that uh, you know, I'm, I'm just being very negative today, but I think that human nature is very much, it's all about me first. Mm. Uh, you know, um, that the very few people have altruism as, at their center. Um, very so like, and I just, I just, uh, just, just one other thing. So I just want to just go back and do a tiny comment about what you said about my davening, Wes. Yeah. Which is that, that I was no, not. No, 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 you don't get the ten million dollars. <laughs> 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 I get it. <laughs> which is the fact I, I, that in terms of uh, you know I did not become a regular governor until I decided to do that. No, going to Shul, you know, uh, when when I made it my own decision to do that, my action. That was my, it was my thought, my intent first before the action. So this is why, this is the, the thing that mm. I've been harping on today too. Uh, I, I, th I think I the challenge of this case though, Dan, yeah. is that um, in, in the ultimate good, right, every arm that gets a shot is actually protecting every other person. So on some level, even that 20 year old, maybe especially mm. that 20 year old who's going to college parties, actually being protected could theoretically be a tremendous societal right. good. So if it were not for the shortage of vaccine, right. it actually is good to go and get your shot. So this yeah. last but Michelle, right. we so have to say that it's much more deadly in seniors. No, for sure. So right. wait, this, but this this last text that that um, we have actually is reminiscent of something that I had heard before, um, but I, I I couldn't find the text that I had heard, so I found this one instead from Rabbi Mendel Menachem Mendel of uh, Schneerson's. Um, secretary, which is, it brings this beautiful idea that if a, a physician prescribes a medication for a patient and you have all the intentions of taking the medication um, and you're, you, you know, you just look at it, he places it before him and he gazes lovingly at it and keeps declaring all day that he believes in the effectiveness of the medication, but doesn't take the medication, then it doesn't actually work. Whereas on the other hand, if the same patient declares that he does not believe in the effectiveness of the medication and nevertheless takes it, it will help him. So the intention in this case is not actually what matters. What matters is getting the medication into the 
person who was prescribed. Right. And so from that perspective, the text that I had heard is the poor person doesn't care if the person who left bread for them on their doorstep actually right. had a good intention or not, they still get the bread. And right. at the end of the day, we can ask the ethical question about um, all of the competing challenges in the way in which we are rolling out this vaccine. Ultimately, the, the important piece is to get the vaccine into as many people mm. as we possibly can. I mean, I'm well, uh, Amen, from your mouth to God's ears. I just want to end, I mean, there's been a lot of wisdom uh, about the, the, the vaccine question and, and ways it might have been rolled out with a little more wisdom and more thought. Um, I want to just zoom out a little bit and end with a reflection on deeds versus feelings. So I think Judaism has something a very, very profound to say here. What do you do with the flickering heart? What do you do with the recalcitrant heart? What do you do when you're not feeling it? What do you do when there's a divide between what you know you should do and what you want to do? What do you do when there's a divide between what you know you shouldn't do, but you're sorely tempted to do it? And all of us have that. that it's built in. That's the Yitzhah HaTov, the Yitzhah Hara thing. And um, I, I was reading a piece uh, by Lord Jonathan Sachs uh, his, in his, his book of commentaries on Parshat Ferchanan, and it's about love. And he says the following about love, and, uh, which is that you need you know, a feeling, and he talks about how love is just a very common verb, ahava, in, in Deuteronomy. Uh, you need feeling, but you also need like an infrastructure of deed around that feeling when the feeling falters. And he's, he talks about giving advice to, uh, to couples who are getting married that he says, he says, I just love this, we wed in poetry, but we stay married in prose. We wed in poetry, but we stay married in prose. We wed in poetry, meaning that there's feelings that you feel. Um, but, but those feelings, are, are, our hearts are fickle and mercurial and unreliable and human and tempestuous. So we need deeds to reinforce the feelings. And what I love about this, uh, this body of law, is that it tells you when you're not feeling it, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, or when you're feeling a desire to do something that you don't really, you know you shouldn't do, but you can't get this desire out of your head, it's okay. Uh, that's how we're built. What really matters is do we have the infrastructure of deeds that support us and reinforce our best selves. So with that, um, our morning services are going to beginning in 15 minutes with the Wesley Garden Sword Senior Cantor, <laughs> Elias Rosenberg, who's going to be leading our services. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom, everyone.